think small business truly is the engine that drives this entire country. Uh, I think the entrepreneurial spirit is what built this country. Anything we can do to help support that and support folks, uh, feel free to reach out. Uh, again, I'm, I'm fascinated by the business of business. That was John Schramm, and this is Guild Stories. Welcome to Guild Stories, the podcast where every person has a story, and it's the stories that connect us all. I am Justin Rickliffs, founder and CEO of Guild Content. We are so grateful you're here. This podcast is a place where we will explore the stories of hustlers, dreamers, and doers who are going for it by pursuing meaningful work and living life with purpose. Welcome to Guild Stories. Welcome back to Guild Stories. Uh, we are joined today um, by a man in a, a beautiful blazer that I'm envious of. <laughs> um, so John Schramm, IT support expert and CEO of the Purple Guys, which if you're from KC, you've, you've definitely heard of them um, and or seen their awesome marketing and their cool building. So John Schramm is an IT support expert and the founder and CEO of the Purple Guys, a tech company that has grown since 01 to become the Midwest's premier provider of IT support services. The Purple Guys is a fast-growing seven-digit business that has helped hundreds of companies grow by solving their IT problems and providing them with stress-free, bulletproof tech support. John and his wife, Jill, have three children, one of which sings national anthems, which I can't wait to hear about, um, <laughs> and have founded two businesses together. So, John, thanks for uh, joining us, man. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. For everyone that can't see, describe your uh, apparel at the moment, because I love it. <laughs> well, I, I am always in purple, and so I've got three kids. My oldest is 22. She's the singer. Okay. Uh, my son is 20, and my daughter, youngest daughter is uh, 16, and I'm pretty sure my youngest daughter has never not seen me wearing purple, because <laughs> I've been in purple for a long time. Where does so the purple come from? I've got the purple, one of my purple blazers on today. Yeah, it's really good. And I, I, not that I was, like, totally... <laughs> um, you got the purple socks, the I purple, do have purple shirt. Socks I mean, just, yes. you, I'm envious, yeah. man. It looks really yes. good. You look good. It's, it, 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 is, it has become a personal brand. If you bump into me at Costco on the weekend, I'll still be wearing purple. Yeah. If you see me at vacation in Florida, I have a whole uh, assortment <laughs> of purple swimsuits. Uh, so it, it's it's almost a bit of an illness at this point. That's amazing. Uh, I love it. It works. I love yes. it. What's the origin of the purple guys? Uh, the origin of the purple guys. So to go back a little bit, yeah. I, I am an, the way I describe myself, I'm an unintentional serial entrepreneur. Love it. Uh, I've actually done three startups from scratch okay. uh, and, and all done all three of them with my wife. Okay. Uh, the first two, uh, and actually all three of them have been wildly successful from a business perspective. Yeah. So financially awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first two partnerships, abysmal, uh, absolute train wrecks. Oh, no. So uh, oh, no. I, I refer to it as my million dollar MBA. Unfortunately, mm. it cost more than a million dollars if you mm. add up the stuff, but yep. it's just money and stuff. Yep. Yep. And that, that is a long story. It could be a podcast all yep. by itself. Yep. Uh, and actually, it would be done better with alcohol. Uh, <laughs> it, it gets a lot more colorful when uh, alcohol is involved. Yep, as do most uh, things. But, but the origin of Purple Guys. So my second startup was an IT staffing company. Okay. Uh, and... We went through the whole process of picking the name, hired an ad agency, and we did everything black and white, which yep. was a super cool process. Yeah. At the very end, we're picking the logo. So there were nine of us in the company at the time, and we looked at the logo in every color, mm. and universally, we're like, it just looks the best in purple. Mm -hmm. So we had a purple logo, and my only good idea, you got to have one, oh, is this, yes, sir. this purple Thank pen. You. And uh, so I, I decided one day, we need, we need company pens. Our logo was purple. 
And you're writing with it. Of course it of writes. Of course it writes. It writes in purple. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course it does. Uh, so we uh, we decided, I decided to get some purple pens that wrote in the company color, and we started handing them out. We didn't use them for anything but the pens and it was the logo color. I just loved them. And people, when you when you find people that like purple, they don't just like purple. They're like over the top. Oh, totally. Love purple. Uh, so when I started this business, we didn't call it Purple Guys. I, again, I'm not super creative in that realm, but I hired an ad agency. We came up with a company name, and the only thing I insisted on is I don't care what we actually call the company. We have to have a purple logo because I'm keeping my purple pens. Uh, so that's that was the origin of what what was why do we have a purple logo? And early on, so 20 years ago when we started this company, we started it in 2001. Uh, so we're in our 20th year of business. Congratulations! Kind of crazy. That's awesome. Uh, so in, in October of '01 was when we started the business. Okay. If, if you were around in business back then, that was not the time to start. A business. No, we're that on was the tough. heels of 9/11. Yep. 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 Uh, but we survived. Uh, it was almost as bad as 2020 mm-hmm. <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we used uh, we we were on site. So IT support way back then. That's okay. what we do. We yeah. do IT support for small and mid sized businesses. So 20 years ago, you had to do everything on site. Yep. So we had company uniforms, just logoed apparel with the company name on it, but they were all different colors. And my wife sat in a meeting with us at one of these companies, and there were probably five of us in the meeting. We all had a different colored shirt on oh, man. with the company logo. We got out of the meeting. My wife's like, this is ridiculous. We're like a bunch of Skittles. Can we please <laughs> just pick a color? So I didn't have any that were purple, which was the company color. So I decided, all right, fine. Done. Take all the shirts back. I got purple shirts. And within two weeks, our customers, independent of each other, we would walk in the door like, hey, the purple guys are here. And uh, I am slow, but I'm not that slow. We became the purple guys. Uh, they could pronounce it. They could spell it. They yep. could remember it. Yep. And uh, it has been a great accidental brand. But that's how we became the purple guys. That's perfect, man. That's uh, Yeah, I genuinely, I wasn't sure. I was like, man, did he go to K-State? Did he? Yeah, I'm actually Baltimore a Michigan Ravens fan. I'm, I'm a Michigan transplant. So okay. everybody assumes there's a K-State connection. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Now my wife did go to K-State. Okay. Uh, she was a cheerleader there. Yeah. And uh, so that probably influenced the color selection at the last company. Sure. Uh, but uh, no, I've just thoroughly adopted the color. That's awesome. And it, and it works. Yep. That absolutely works. Um, yeah, man, it's it's so many questions in bat- batting around in here. But um, I'm curious, the 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 Michigan comment, mm-hmm. like, wind me back to, like, wh- where'd you grow up? What, what what How did you accidentally stumble into serial entrepreneurship? Into, into becoming yeah. an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just, I'm curious, yeah. like, what was the what So was here, the here's, here's the way back when. So I grew up in a tiny little town in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Okay. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Michigan, it has two pieces. There's a lower peninsula and an upper yeah. peninsula. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people that aren't, you know, close to Michigan don't realize that. And if you're from the upper peninsula, you refer to yourself as a Uper, as in the UP, the upper peninsula. Got it. Uh, and actually story about when my wife and I met, uh, I was from, I was based in Chicago at the time okay. and she was living and working in Nashville and I got sent on a project two weeks to Nashville. Uh, and my version of the story is she picked me up at a bar. Uh, which she did talk to me first, and that's what I'm sticking with. Uh, but when we should. when we met, she, we got to talking. She was like, well, "Where are you from?" I'm like, "I'm from the UP, well, Nashville." No one in Nashville no. knows that there's like, uh, such a thing. She's right. like, "University of Pennsylvania? What the hell does that mean?" Uh, so that was one of the things that from when I met my wife. But grew up in a tiny it's little. It's a great town. pickup line it from is, the UP. Yeah, yeah yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, but grew up in a tiny little town in the Upper Peninsula. So think yeah. middle of the woods. Yep. And so we, my family had 40 acres behind us was 80 acres. Next to us was 160 oh, acres across the, across the street was state land. 
uh, very, very rural, mm. like state highway, mm. like the kind you're driving along, there might be a mailbox and you just miss it. That's where I grew up. Yeah. Uh, but had the unique experience of growing up next to an Air Force base. So when I was in second grade, and so kindergarten, first grade, I literally went to a two-room schoolhouse. And the Crazy. two rooms were the upstairs and downstairs. And I have vague childhood memories, very fond ones of that That's time. Awesome. Uh, but then from second grade on, I went to school with people literally from all over the world in mm. this tiny little community. Mm. Uh, so it had tremendous diversity, just not very big. Uh, and then went from there to the University of Michigan. And, and what happened with that community was, you know, it, it's a very sure. transient community because it's the Air Force. Yeah. So people are coming and going, sure. coming and going. I could not wait to leave because I just kept hearing about all these awesome wow. places mm. around the world. Mm. Uh, so I think that's part of the mm. bug of mm. starting something, doing something new, Makes seeing new sense. places. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of got me on that journey of thinking about, do I ever want to own something, do my own thing? But I yeah. knew I wanted to go out and explore. Yeah. That was a big part of it. And, and entre cool. entrepreneurialism is a lot of exploration. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Um, a lot of uh, cutting through the trails, so to yes. speak. Yes. <laughs> Cut, cutting through that those proverbial 160 acres. Yeah. Um, cool. So you went to Michigan. Yep. Um, Got a degree in industrial engineering. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and I was an electrical engineer for Were one, you there, one semester. Was that Fab Five time? Uh, it was just it was Glenn Rice time. It was when they, actually okay, yeah, well, they yeah. actually won the national yeah, championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, this, this date, um, yes. yeah, yes. no, the, I, yep. I, I was a, a very bandwagon fan, Fab Five fan. Oh, yeah. They, they said a lot of the Michigan starter jacket. They were the long, the original long shorts. Totally, man, totally. A lot of people don't know um, that. They, they were a fashion Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely were. Yep, Steve Fisher and the boys, right? Yes. That's right. He was the winningest uh Coach in college basketball for like three years because he took over from that's right Steve Fisher or from uh, Bill Frieder, yeah. Which that was awesome. If anybody knew Bo Schembechler, he was the Michigan football coach, and they transitioned to be the athletic director. And when that's right, Frieder resigned. He was going to go coach at Arizona, but he was going to coach through the tournament. And Bo said, "You are not coaching." He's like <laughs> a Michigan man's going to coach a Michigan team. Right. Get out! Uh, that's right. And Steve Fisher just happened to pick up at the right time. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it, it, that was a fun time to be a Michigan fan. Yeah, I mean, I cried when Weber called his time. I know. That yeah. was so was, sad. But, yeah, I was yes, like, come yes. on. Totally you remember. Have yep, one. Yep. You don't have one. <laughs> no, no, stop. Yeah. Um, which, obviously, he went yes. on to do just fine with his yes, life. But he did. Um, cool. So, post-Michigan. So, then what? Yeah. You got this industrial engineering degree. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, so I was still searching. Sure. And I had discovered this thing called consulting. So, yeah. it was uh, the big six firms yeah. at the time. So yeah. I went to work for Price Waterhouse oh, you did? before they merged with nice. Coopers. Okay. And, and I did not go on the audit or tax side. I was on what was referred to as the MIS division, okay. which was Management Information Systems, Ooh. which sounded very hoity-toity. Yeah. Totally. Uh, but went to work for them, spent four years there. Is that when you're in Chicago? That was when I was based in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I okay. So okay. makes sense. Yep. So, so I go from project to project. Um, middle yep. middle of nowhere, Michigan to Ann Arbor, big giant school, forty five thousand students. Yep. And then I'm living in a high rise in Chicago. My parents Crazy. thought it was the weirdest thing ever. They had, sure. you know, I had to take an elevator to get home. That was so foreign. <laughs> uh, but worked out of Chicago, uh, had a lot of fun, loved it. It was just project to project. So got to do fun project work, travel, travel. all, all yep. over the country, be yep. on an expense account. Yep. Of course, it's how I met my wife, which was awesome. Yep. Uh, that's how and, she met you. Well, yeah, that's right. That's how she picked <laughs> right. me up. She spotted me in That's the bar. Right. Uh, Were you wearing a purple blazer? I was, I was not in okay. purple back right. then, right. no. Yep. But she could tell you. I don't remember what I was wearing, but she will tell you exactly what I was wearing because she awesome. remembered it. That's awesome. Uh, Unforgettable. But uh, she, uh, so 
I was living in Chicago, uh, and uh, we met, and then she moved to Chicago. Mm-hmm. She'd already had a job interview, actually, when we, when we met, and she moved there. And then I got sent on a nine-month project to Boston, which Boston's not a bad place to be. Sure. It was super fun, but my girlfriend and then soon fiancé was in Chicago, which is what brought an end to the Price Waterhouse career. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So went from there, and yeah. then I, I moved into what was a sales engineer role, which okay. that was – it was it yeah. was a shocking culture thing for me because I'd come you – know, I'd be, just been at Price Waterhouse for four years, and if I was in a room, I was the expert. I was this high-paid consultant, like what I said went. Mm-hmm. And it was just assumed I knew what the heck I was talking about. And now I'm a, in a sales engineer role for a software company. You're like demoing product and stuff. I'm right? demoing yeah. product. I'm yeah. providing yeah. background. And I, I distinctly remember that first meeting because here I am in front of some prospects. And I was not the sales guy. I was just the tech guy yeah. supporting the sales yeah. guy. And it was such a different attitude mm-hmm. that they had toward me because mm-hmm. these are – you know, they're customers and they listen to the sales guy. And then I start talking and it was just like, well, you're full of crap. You're just a sales guy. I'm like, wait a minute, two weeks ago, you would have believed every word that came <laughs> yeah. out of my mouth. And now you think I'm a sales guy, but I got introduced to what sales meant. Uh, and yep. sort of, that was my getting my feet wet on the sales side of things. And I figured out, all right, this is really not that hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that kind of wet my appetite for sales I did that for a year, and there's a long story there. Fran Tarkenton was the CEO of that company. Whoa. Really weird. It's called no- Knowledgeware. Uh, I got to meet him a couple of times. Interesting fellow. Um, but it w- they were very fast and loose with their money. Uh-huh. Uh, so coming uh-huh. from Pricewaterhouse, kind of these straight-laced totally. auditors of the world, totally. to a software company that was very fast and loose with their money uh, and their expense account, it was kind of nutty. So I, I did that for a year and then went to work for a smaller company, and I managed a $6 million book of business for a small, pretty much an, an IT staffing type okay. of a company. So yeah. that was my, all right, I can, I can now sell and I can manage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then got the idea. Basically my wife and I wanted to start a family. We were living downtown Chicago. Uh, she was working really for actually for a competitor at the time, which is, I would not recommend being in competing businesses <laughs> with your sure. wife. Sure. Uh, I'm competitive. My wife is hyper competitive. Like there's not, not even any kind of comparison between our competitive natures. <laughs> Uh, so what we decided was we'll go to her boss and we'll, we'll open a branch office because we wanted to come back to Kansas City, which is where my wife grew up. So that's how okay, I wound yeah, up here. I was here. wondering how, where KC that's, that, comes that's in. That's the KC that connection. That she, grew up, she grew up in Olathe. Great. Uh, yep. Totally get it. Yep. And so we wrote a business proposal, took it to her boss. Uh, we actually funded the startup with my wife's commissions, which in hindsight was really like a totally <laughs> dumb thing. Uh, but she forgave $60,000 in commission. I wrote the business plan, and we, we started a branch office of his firm. Okay. Uh, came to Kansas IT staffing. IT staffing. Essentially. Yeah, yeah IT yeah, staffing. Yeah. Came to Kansas City. We came in, let's see, it would have been February of 96. Okay. okay. Uh, so that's when we moved to Kansas City, February of 96. By October, um, it, was, it was really about a five-month period, but... February, March to October, uh, we erased all of our startup costs. So again, we funded it, but then we were, we were on a million dollar run rate. So we were doing $80,000 a month in recurring staffing revenue. Um, and we had a 38 page operating agreement. This was my first real entrepreneurial lesson is that it doesn't matter what's written down on paper. It's how, how do the, how do, how do the people look at it and who did you just sign something with? So again, should have done a little bit due diligence, but had a 38-page operating agreement. We're, we're on a million-dollar run rate. 
and our compensation was spelled out in the operating agreement. And I'm an engineer. I did the math. Yeah. I did the math sure, ahead of, of time. Of course you did, right. Uh, of course so you did. The, that really the second month we made money, I get a call from the owner, and he's like, oh boy. well, this is crazy. I can't pay you this much money. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, well, I'm not going to pay you. Like, there's no way I'm going to pay you this much money. You're going to be the highest paid person in the company. I said, well, we took the risk. That's we funded the, point, the office. Right. That was the whole deal. Totally. Uh, and I did find out what phantom equity meant versus real equity. Mm. Another lesson learned on mm. the entrepreneurial thing. But he's just like, nope, not paying you. Uh, oh, so boy. Oh, boy. That sucked. Because we just <laughs> built something. And it, sure. was, it was it was um, humming. It was, sure. It was a million-dollar run rate. Like, it was freaking awesome. We were – and, again, I'm – I'm okay at sales. My wife is phenomenal yeah. at sales, yeah. and I'm really good at operations. So that was it's good. Combo. I, I was the totally. recruiter, ops guy, running the office, uh, and it went. I mean, we were going great, but so we quit, and we started another company. Mm. So second company, this so is when the purple pins were developed. Second company, company number was two. Pur- okay. Company number yeah. two, yeah. purple pins. Um, so, so hold second, on, like you, so you just straight <laughs> up quit? Just straight up quit. We're like, well, heck with this, we're leaving. Wow, uh, and didn't. Didn't take any customers because wow. that would have been wrong. Yep. yep. Holy smokes, man. I mean, that's a big. It was a big deal. Um, but again, that's my first. You probably could have, even if you're frustrated with the guy, yeah. you probably could have kept the job and like whatever he was willing to pay, right? I mean, so in some yeah. senses, you, you unplugged from something that even could have been okay. Maybe not as great yeah. as you hoped it would be. Oh, it, it would. Well, actually, I have no idea what he actually yeah. paid us. Yeah, because he was not going to keep his word on the first time around. Man. So there was Man. he was utterly untrustworthy as Ugh. far as I was concerned. Um, so we start over, start another business. Uh, this time we went to her uncle for funding. Uh, this time we had a one-page operating agreement because it's family. You know, one page that should be plenty with family. <laughs> it's a handshake, uh, man. Let's yeah, go. again, yeah. Le- lesson learned. Uh, figure out how you're going to get out before you get in. Should be longer than a page. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's also who you're doing business sure. with, uh, and that business was crazy successful. Mm. Uh, we did get sued, uh, from the first guy cause he's like, well, heck you can't leave me and whatever. And so he sued us. It was a non-compete. We didn't compete. The judge found that they had breached the contract first cause they didn't pay us. So it didn't even matter if we'd competed, but, but you had to go through the process. Yeah, it, it, was, and, oh. it was two years. Oh, brutal. It was a two year even non-compete the, trial. It the was, stress. Of it was insane. Um, and that, so I, I learned, I learned that I don't want to be in court ever. So, Ugh. uh, yeah, so Ugh. this is in the, late nineties ish. This was in, that was, so it came in 96 okay. and from 97 to 2001 is when okay. we had the second firm, okay. IT staffing firm. And again, wildly successful business wise from zero to 90 employees from zero to $10 million in revenue in four years. Whoa. Awesome. Uh, and Whoa. that was Y2K. We didn't do a single bit of Y2K work because I stayed Holy away from it because I knew it was going to go away. <laughs> so we crossed Y2K while that happened. Uh, and we didn't do it. Again, didn't do any Y2K work. Um, and my, my wife sold seven of the ten the, the, on that fourth year. Dang. Uh, and I had five other salespeople. So she was kind of a rock star. Yeah, crushing um, it. But crushing it. And, again, when we got into business with her uncle, it's like, hey, here's the deal. We just want to get started. Our whole thing is we want to own this. So, and it actually, it actually said that on the one page, but didn't make any difference. Um, as soon as we started making money, he... Was decided. he involved in operations? None. Like, zero. Had no idea even what we did. 
uh, he had a holding company that, that manufactured metal pallet rack and lockers. Okay. So he had manufacturing facilities, which, again, we went to him because, like, you're a smart yeah. business guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it turns out he's nuts. Like, oh, absolutely crazy, no. insane. Uh, oh, and the no. And the family relationship was just toxic. It was oh. terrible. Every, oh. The more successful we got, the more belligerent he got. Oh, no, man. And the, the complicating factor was he had a couple other businesses. He had, again, he had a locker company, pallet rack company. My wife's dad ran the pallet rack company, and he it got to the. If this was like high school. He called and was like, well, "I'm gonna fire your dad if you don't do what I tell you." I'm like, "What the hell? Are we in yeah. high school? What right. the heck?" Right. I mean, it was just, it was utterly immature, uh. and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And com- I mean, utterly a toxic relationship. And oh, it man. was a lot of money, a lot of money and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right up to we, we're just like we we just cannot take this anymore. So we went to a bank. Went to some friends and family. We pulled as much cash together as we could and made an all-cash offer and said, we said we have to buy this business. Mm-hmm. And, again, we'd, we'd had tried to have that conversation before, but he was having none of it. So on September 10th, 2001, we made the all-cash offer, and we resigned. Whoa. And we were, we were real 25% equity shareholders, so I did learn that one. Uh, and so we, we still owned part of the company. Mm-hmm. But we're like, something's got to change because – this cannot continue dude sure uh and you know the next day is 9 11 so talk uh, about all this angst about uh, money and stuff and fighting and i'm like Phew, i'm not on a plane i was yeah, in new york yeah, man. my family's okay you know it, it really put it into perspective so that it's just money start, and stuff yeah but a lot of money and stuff and it, it did take a while for me to really say that and mean it <laughs> um, but, sure. but really it's just money it's and just stuff money and stuff uh and he was having none of it wasn't going to sell it to us at all and back and forth he did wind up selling the company and we didn't get a dime uh so what he did was he he was a majority shareholder he took the assets of that business he moved it into a shell company and he sold the shell company uh and we didn't get a penny Oh and he sold gosh. it to the only buyer available on the planet because nobody would touch that deal with a 10-foot pole. We were right. the founders. We'd run it for four right. years. We were actually on the cover of Ingram's Magazine for the fastest-growing company in Kansas City. No way. Uh, so we built a – it was a solid yeah. company with yeah. solid processes. Uh, the only buyer, the guy that sued us and screwed us out of the deal in the first place. No way. That's who bought the company. No way. And he bought it for less than we offered. He sold it He sold it for less than what you paid over time. Because oh uh, we found out after the fact. All he did was liquidate the receivables. Mm. That was it. Mm. And so we got paid over time for less money. Ugh. Uh did it purely out of spite, uh, which was tough to take. Cause, of course. You know, we'd spent four years building that. Yeah. Uh, and anybody that's trying to build a business, if you build a business, period. But, I mean, totally. let alone a rocket ship like that. Uh, but, yeah, it was gone. So, oh, my gosh, man. So we're sitting there in, you know, late September. Again, what do we do? So we're like, all right, start again. <laughs> uh, and so we did. Uh, and the way I got into this business, kind of the outsourced IT world, was as that company was going crazy, we went zero to 80 employees. Yeah. We had 14 internal employees doing staffing, you know, basically Recruiting. recruiters yep. and sales yep. and office yep. admin. Yep. Um, I was the internal IT guy for a while because I used to be technical. Uh, so I was making sure people could print and everything was working. Yeah. And it dawned on me, hang on a second, I'm rocket ship here i'm the president of the company i probably have better things to do with my time and make sure people make sure print. The printer cables are connected yeah yeah so i was just going to hire somebody we were an it staffing firm uh, so i was just going to put somebody on full time and, and one of the guys that worked for me was like hey why don't you outsource this i know somebody does it part-time when you outsource you know 
of the IT support. So I'm an IT staffing company. I outsourced my – so I did. I outsourced it to, to a man shop. I really liked the model. So as we were kind of figuring out what do we do, and again, on the heels of 9-11, we were going to start another IT staffing firm. Yeah. But – Right after 9-11, everything got shut yep. down. All the contractors yep. got laid off. Yep. I mean, it just went, it, everything it was evaporated. Frozen. Yeah, so, sure. But small business was still there. So I hired the two guys that I, I bought their business, but really I hired them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought the two guys that, was, that were doing the support, and that's how I got into this business. Crazy. Um, and it took, me, it took me about a year to figure out what we actually do. I, I knew what I was buying. <laughs> I was buying tech support. Just go take this yeah. off my plate. yeah. Uh, but after about a year, I figured I finally realized we're a customer service business that happens to deal with technology support, and it's it's the person behind the keyboard that matters. It doesn't matter that the computer actually works. It's does the person know how to use it, and if there is a something funky going on, can we explain it to them? Can we communicate? So it's a com- it's a customer service based business that happens to be in the technology world. Mm-hmm. And once I realized that, I hired differently. I actually wrote our contracts differently, mm-hmm. we sell differently, uh, and that's what's allowed us to grow. We hire people that have a customer service aptitude and happen to also have technical skills. Because um, you have to. We, I mean, our entire world, we've got roughly 6,000 people we support here in Kansas City, uh, spread out across about 176 organizations. So they're smaller businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but those people, if you ask them, what do we do? You know, purple guys answer the phone when something doesn't work, and the something generally has an on-off switch and a screen. Uh, and <laughs> and the awesome. something has moved locations a lot in uh-huh. the last six months. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but uh, it's it's all the same stuff. It's it, it's slow. I can't print. I can't get connected. So uh, that's that's what we do all day long. We keep the stuff up and running. Keep them connected. And it's brilliant because you, you've you've um, you've articulated so beautifully. What I think we're all in that business. Like I think we're all in the customer service business that is disguised yeah. as tech, that is disguised as marketing agency, that's yeah. disguised as roofing, that's disguised as yeah. foundation repair, right? And 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 like, of course you have to be really good at the technology. Yeah. But but to be different and to be valuable and to yeah. not play the like race to the bottom game oh, yeah. on price, yep. you you get to be unique by your people and by how you treat them and how you yeah. serve them, yep. your, your customers and your team, of course. Correct. Um, that's a really brilliant lesson, man. Like yeah. I'm, I'm grateful you shared that. Yeah. It's, and, and it's hard. Of course it is. And cause we're people we screw stuff up. Yep. Had a, had a, had a lunch meeting this week with yeah. someone that was not that happy because yeah. we, we literally screwed some stuff up. Yeah. We try to make it right as best we can and, you know, continue to move forward. Yeah. Man, no, it's of course we, yeah, we yeah. we screwed stuff up today. Um, <laughs> what's what's the what's the cliff note like fly through 01 to the 20 year, you know, that I mean like yeah. to celebrate yeah. 20 years, we could take 30, you know, 30 episodes to yeah. like give you guys the props you deserve for building a business that's lasted yeah. 20 years. Uh, but what's the like fly the drone fly through of, the, of the, those 20 years? The fly through of the 20 years. So the evolution of the tech space in those oh. 20 years. I mean, oh. again, I talked about this early on. Everything we do, we had to go and touch it. Like yeah. the remote control of anything. I mean, it sort of existed, but unless you were Sprint, you couldn't yeah. buy it. Yeah. Um, so we were on prem, and I, I was a little, I basically that's good logistics guy because huh. we, we grew to about supporting 20 or 30 customers we were literally driving all over the city so it was a scheduling issue and oh, man. structure sure we touched stuff yep. uh and it was you know, 
half day, full day, whatever support yep. scheduling. So that was the start of the business. And then it, then it we evolved to having an actual help desk where people could call in and we could do some stuff remotely. And that was, that was 06, 07. Okay. Uh, and I will tell you, it sounded simpler than it actually turned out to be. Mm. Uh, and also the pricing of the service when you add remote versus the on, on site, because those first five, six years, we were working hour, bill an hour. It was simple. Mm-hmm. We've always been prepaid. We've always been a monthly service. Um, so there's a fixed fee issue sure. to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was it was working hour, hour, bill an yeah. hour. So not as much risk. When we went to its remote support mostly, and we shifted over time, now 95% of what we do, huh. we do remotely. Mm. Uh, and it was a slow shift. But as I, I repriced the business to incorporate the help desk, and I priced it wrong. Mm. Uh, we mm. almost went out of business mm. in, in about a six-month window, and then I course-corrected, adjusted pricing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you priced it too low. I priced it too low, yeah. yes. Yeah. I was yeah. I was overly aggressive yeah. uh, in terms of how we priced because yeah. it, the remote stuff kind of shifted us from working hour to bill an hour to call us as much as you want. You know, how, how, different, how, how different yeah. could that be? Well, it turns out there was some pent-up demand I wasn't uh, anticipating. Uh, interesting, uh, interesting. And, and, and and that's the way we're structured now. It's yeah. unlimited. Call us as much as you want, yeah. but we adjusted our pricing. Yeah. Uh, and so once we figured that out, we just started to grow again, and we built our service desk team. And now we've got a 20-person cool. team that answers the phone. I mean, it's a huge group of people. We're essentially always available. Uh, our response time is phenomenal. Uh, so that was one of the big And they're in the building on 35, right? Yeah, there they're on built the right, off, of, right off okay. 535. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yes, that's and awesome. Uh, that, that was also accidental. I was originally in downtown Kansas City, uh, 17th and Walnut, rooftop deck, awesome building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Loved it. Had no visibility to anything. Uh, But we were on in that building, and my landlord needed half of my floor because I I had all of the third floor of that building. Okay. And he came in. He's like, I'm growing like crazy. I need at least half your floor. And at the time, I could have shrunk down, but I would have had no room to grow. So we had to move, and we just sort of lucked into the office space we have um, it lost a lot of the cool factor because we were in a hundred-year-old dry, sure. dry goods warehouse with exposed brick, kind of like this yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, uh, And it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but we moved into the building that fronts to I-35, and part of my lease negotiation was I get to put the biggest sign I can possible have, possible <laughs> on the building. Brilliant. Uh, and brilliant. It's like a billboard. Uh, so that's been great. So that that created some visibility. Uh, gave us room to grow. And the other evolution stuff over time is. We've added tools, we've added processes, and I mean the tech industry is just massively of course, evolved. Yeah. And in the, in the pandemic just fast forwarded another five years in terms of remote work options and making that okay. And there's not much, there's no stigma anymore. Zero. Yeah. Like the work yep. from home, yep. it's just okay. Yep. Everybody can do it. We've yep. proven we can do it. Same thing with meetings. Like the, the number of face to face meetings have gone way down. Absolutely. And I think they're going to continue to go down. Yep. So we, we've figured out over time. The best ways to do things remotely and the logistics of doing that, the pricing of doing that, the structure. And, and, and we've, we've also morphed our business model to put as much much of the, I'll, I'll call it risk, from IT on our shoulders because we do it as a fixed fee. Yep. So we've put that stuff on our shoulders. So we've, we've morphed the, the pricing. We've morphed our staffing model. We've adapted to all new technologies. Like the stuff we did 20 years ago, those skills are almost not even relevant anymore to what's sure. in place today. Uh, but it's it's been a, f- a fun journey, man. It's uh, I I can sense it. I can see it in your in your face in your body language. Like it 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 has been a fun journey. Like you, um, 
you exude this kind of warmth and 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 uh, depth as you described it, which is which is cool. Uh, the 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 theme I pick up as I hear you is like you should have been leading Blockbuster, <laughs> right? Like Blockbuster should have been Netflix, right? Yeah. Like the yeah. the twenty year ago version of the Purple Guys, probably with the exception of like some core ethos stuff mm-hmm. and culture stuff. Your 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 deliverable, so to speak, is the way you get paid is drastically different than two thousand one. Drastically, yes, and, it's and a bis- different business. Sure, much. Yeah. and 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 I'm I'm just curious. It wasn't accidental that you and your wife paid attention. Yeah, how how did like you use the word adapt and evolve? How in the hell does that happen? Right, like how do you how do you predict um, the how do you anticipate? where that stuff goes. Like, I think that's a skill you've developed and it's a really critical one. It's paying attention. I mean, that's how it got her name. So her customers started calling something. Hey, that's way better than our name. We'll use that. (laughs) Uh, So it's listening to the marketplace. Again, I participate. I'm a huge fan of peer groups. Uh, I've been in a CEO roundtable type group my entire career. Um, I was in Vistage for a while. I'm in a group called Acumen now, which is a local group, very much modeled after Vistage. And it's phenomenal. Uh, so, so having that kind of mastermind access yep. uh, is huge. Um, and so that's that's more of a generic, you know, peer, peer you know, uh, mastermind group. I've also done industry groups. So, just kind of paying attention to what's going on. Um, and you know, we, early on, we decided Microsoft. We were going to be a Microsoft shop, not a Mac shop. We do support Macs, and there's probably twenty percent of our customer base that's a Mac that, are, that use Macs. Mm-hmm. Um, but figuring out what core technologies to tie to. So. That's actually one that's been consistent the whole way along. But Microsoft yeah. has evolved massively For over sure. that time period. Absolutely they have, yeah. Uh, so it's it's been just doing enough research to stay on. We're not bleeding edge, yeah. but we're on the leading edge of what's going on and just making sure we stay in front of it as much as we possibly can because you can get left behind yeah. very quickly if yeah. you're in the tech space. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's cool. Um, and I think the paying attention – I've been on this kick the last – 18 months or so, or this journey, nut kick journey of, of just awareness, just of like yeah. the presence of being engaged right where you are so that you mm-hmm. can pay attention. Yeah. I mean, so tech in, in specific is it, I'm easily distracted. Right. And so like technology can be a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, or, or something that you start chasing down a giant time notification suck. time yes. suck, right and so um it's cool that a, that a leader in the tech space answered that question with paying attention yeah i mean it's really cool man i i think that's a neat it's a neat theme um i'm curious too like how has your as your revenues have grown as your team has grown as your the clients you serve have have grown both mm-hmm. in either size or scope or fee or all of all of it um how has your like role in the business change like your leadership of the business your affinity toward the business <laughs> your resentment of the business yeah. i don't know right oh, like yeah. how how has how has that evolved in these oh, last oh, there's always years. seasons there's seasons like does anybody want to buy this <laughs> done <laughs> absolutely uh i think every business owner sure that. uh so i would say i wear fewer hats today huh. uh so huh. early on wore a lot of hats uh and i mean it's it's part of that growth and scaling so you know, I'm still over the sales process. Um, you know, we had kids. My wife exited the business essentially from a day-to-day standpoint. She still coaches me, which is the only, <laughs> only reason I'm all, I'm actually any good at sales at all. Hundred percent is because right. she coaches me. 
Uh, so it, it's, it's, I've changed my focus. I've, I've never let go of really understanding and knowing the numbers, which I think and I meet people. And again, we only deal with small business, but I meet business owners that really have no idea What's what on? their numbers are. Like that scared the heck out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that stayed on my plate to at least have a good solid pulse on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just surrounding myself and, and slowly taking a hat off and handing it to somebody else. So I, I, I really am just the tail end of recruiting now, and I was a great recruiter at one time. Mm. Um, but I'm I'm the I'm I'm just the final interview now. I don't even I'm not even involved. And early yep. on, I did all of that yep. all the way up to the front. Uh, early on, I did all the sales, um, and so I've got two full time sales guys now. I've got a full time marketing person. And, you know, five years ago, I was still the full time marketing guy yep. and yep. doing sales. So I've been able to slowly hand those off and grow the team. Uh, and it's it, cool. You know, it's you got to have the finances so that you make enough money and you just keep that balance as you continue to grow the company and hopefully take a couple of hats off. Uh, and that, and that's back to the, you know, do I, ha- do I have resentment at times? It's as long as I'm able to kind of continue to be diverse in what I do. Um, I mean, I am an engineer, so I can, I can focus <laughs> on stuff for a really long time and be very intense about it. Uh, I but I, but I, but, I, so but I do like, uh, I do like variety. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, the, tech space by itself is forces you to like different variety. You can't stay with one thing. Like you have to evolve and change and adapt. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah. if you don't like you are no longer relevant Toast. in about a year. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm smiling cause it's just, it, you've, you've clearly obvious statement of the day, like done a brilliant job at leading an organization in a very evolving field and, and I'm just wondering, like, you've you've approached, like, your engineer process background has had to have served the oh, company yeah. well um, to approach that opportunity through that lens, man. Like, I think it's really cool. Yeah. Well, structured, repeatable process is what allows you to scale. Huh. And the same, I mean, whether it's your pricing model or how you deliver your service, if you're inventing it new every time, that might be super kind of fool and are super cool and fun and neat, but man, it's going to drive people nuts because you can't scale. Yeah, uh, and you know the, the repeatable process and, and it's the predictable side of do we have fast response time? I mean, if there's one thing that I would say is our superpower, we are phenomenal at response time mm-hmm. and getting stuff done quickly. Which, if you've ever had a technical issue. You don't need it yeah. done tomorrow. I or I mean right now. I need, I need it done uh, two yeah. minutes ago yeah. before it happened. Yeah. The Zoom call uh, started. I need yes, you to fix it. Yes. I've, yes. I've, I'm late for my meeting yeah. and I can't print. Like, think about trying to print an hour ago? <laughs> uh, we, we don't get to ask that question, by the way. <laughs> right. We just have to figure out how to print yeah. really fast. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, and again, finding those people, creating that process that gives you that flexibility to have the availability to answer the call when someone's frantic. So... It's like capacity planning. It's, it's the, how does the influx of, how do you deal with the influx of tickets and the, and the demand? And it, we want to talk about an influx of tickets. The oh. March, when, when, when the March pandemic or whatever. Yeah. happened, yeah. Uh, you know, we got 6,000 or so people we support. Prior to pandemic, probably 600, 10% or so were set up to really effectively to work remotely. In a week and a half, we set the rest of the staff, rest, the rest of our customers base up. It was a tidal wave work like literal tidal wave buried and it, it it's when you know as an owner of a business you see your your team perform it was like watching a group of rock stars it was amazing mm. 
to see what they did and to be able to get that done. And I didn't do a single ticket because I would have screwed it up because I can't do anything technically <laughs> anymore. <laughs> uh, so I wasn't much help other than as a cheerleader. Yes. Uh, it was freaking amazing to see them do that. Uh, and, and again, we got to take a breather after that because everybody's like, all right, what just happened? Yeah. yeah. What's going on now? Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's cool to see that if you, and again, I was zero help technically. It's so cool, man. That's uh, so cool. Uh, Colin on our team shared a quote um, from Seth Godin, marketing guy, Purple mm-hmm. Purple Cow. Yeah, Purple you, Cow. You, of course I, you've read that book. I've given that book as a gift. Of course you have. I love that. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'll butcher the exact words, but the, 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 the pieces I remember, Seth said, processes save us from the uh, the scarcity of our... No, processes save us from our intentions, essentially. So, like, <laughs> we have these great intentions... And we have these cool thoughts, and 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 in our culture, we're we're almost we're we're much more, and it's because of me. The disease starts with me. Is process like let's just? I mean, it's all right. Like we just this is what you do. Like you just show up and you do this thing and you write it this way and you build this video and and it's like yeah yeah whoa 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 time out like what's there was a science behind the art. (laughs) Nobody stopped long enough to articulate it. Yeah. Um. No. The uh, as I stumble my way through it, process saves us from the poverty of our intentions. That's that's the yeah. quote, and and your you you said it equally as beautiful of the the process allows you to build build things that that are beyond the brain of John yeah. and are beyond yeah. the the capability and the bandwidth of yeah. of of one human, and it becomes a scalable enterprise. I think yeah. it's and we're we're going through through that in real time. Going, hey man, like we're serving clients doing really cool work, and like we have a human capital. Restraint. Yeah. Like, how do we how do we do this in a, a way that doesn't require so much, uh, you know, memory and brain power? Yeah, <laughs> because that, that, those fail. Those are like, oh, oh yeah. shit, we forgot to send the yeah. new client gift to this one client. Like, oh man, yeah. how did we forget that? Yeah, but no, that should be in the process. Like, that yes. should be the checkbox. Yes. Um, so anyway, man, yeah. uh, that's really cool. Really cool. What's the next um, five years look like for you as you survey the horizon? Like, what do you what do you get excited about? Just, I, I love the business of business. And so this business continuing to grow, you know, we, we opened a small office in, in St. Louis, you know, finding another territory perhaps, um, but just continuing to grow and scale uh, and, and help more people. I mean, and I, I say at every staff meeting, you know, kind of our, mm-hmm. you know, why we get up in the morning and do what we do. It's, it's you know, if, if we do our job well, there's 6,000 people the KC metro area they're going to have a better day they're going to be more productive and you know now now that covid kicked yeah, in and they're yeah. actually at home uh they're, they're more connected like the technology is even more important so Absolutely. so you know kind of the cool thing for me is we do our job well we have a positive impact on the entire community like people are nicer to their families and their dog and their better husband and their companies do better and you know that that's cool. the why so so the, the future of helping more people do that awesome. and then just to me i I love meeting a new company. If it's something I've never heard about, I'm like, no way can you make money doing that. That is just <laughs> fascinating. It's, it like is, man. Business to business is uh, awesome. It is, man. I'm with you on that. Uh, I, I am fascinated by yes. it. Uh, and so it, that's just, I mean, that's kind of a unique thing that I get to see that. And, I mean, we get to touch and 
feel all the moving parts mostly of the business because you know technology pretty much touches everything at this yep, point absolutely uh and and we're a critical piece of making that work well so that's great it, it it's just that's the cool part for me with this so yeah that's great um as, as you're saying that i'm um giving the the shout out to our our connection um phil singleton who's yeah. who's become a, a fast friend of mine and i know he's been a friend yeah, of yours for a long time awesome. and, and uh, i have his you know his 800 pound gorilla in my mind <laughs> of like you guys already kind of are that um but that five-year vision yeah. is like no man like go be the 800 pound gorilla like yeah. step into that power it's really yeah. cool yeah yeah it's so, been a lot of fun that's awesome um well man we we uh, uh, I am really grateful. Uh, I've gone over time as I always do, but um, we end every show with the same five questions. And it's really fascinating to talk about. <laughs> you, you, I'll steal your word. It's fascinating to hear th- these answers from leaders. And and uh, and four of them are real straightforward and one one heavy hitter at the end. <laughs> um, so if you're cool with that, we'll jump sure. in. So whatever comes to mind, no right or wrong answer. Uh, the last book or, or a, a memorable book that you've read or listened to. Uh, the last book I read... Uh, it's Bob Goff. Yeah. Um, it's not Love Does. It's his new book. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm drawing a blank um, on the name. I am too, uh, and I just listened to it. It's uh, it's awesome. The Dream Big one. Dream Big. Dream That's Big. It. Yeah. Bob yeah. Goff, Dream Big. Yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of a geeky self-improvement book guy. Yeah. Uh, that book is fascinating. Awesome. And it just, it just thought-provoking. And yeah. again, I've done a lot of stuff. I'm a goal setter and all yeah. that. So, but just... Every time I read something like that, and I mean, if people don't know who Bob Goff is, I mean, yeah. talk about a crazy, you can't even make up his story. Like, <laughs> you like, wouldn't believe that it was a no. real story if you saw him. Like do, his life. The, yeah, when, when I'm reading, uh, I'm like, he's either like the most amazing human in the world or he's yeah. total, he's yeah. lying about yeah. this yeah. stuff. Yeah, so. Like, this did not happen. <laughs> he's awesome. Yeah, uh, so uh, that's my most recent book. Yep, yeah, love Highly it. recommend. Great answer. Great answer. Um, on a, I, I think I'm going to know the answer to this question based on what you've already said. Um, on a like sleepy Saturday morning, what's your go-to t-shirt? Uh, my go-to sh- t-shirt, uh, actually it's, it's probably one of two. I have a purple Michigan t-shirt, which okay. my, my mom had to find cause Whoa. like a Michigan t-shirt that's in purple is just not a thing. Oh, right. Or my Kansas city heart, um, t-shirt yeah. that's yep. purple. Of course. Those are my two go-to. Yep. Love it. Great answer. <laughs> um, what is your favorite place on the planet? Uh, favorite place on the planet is Panhandle of Florida. Okay. Uh, the beaches there are yep. phenomenal. Uh, and just being on the beach in yeah. the ocean in the morning, I love to go for a morning run. Yeah. Uh, are you a runner? Beach. I am a runner. Okay. Yeah. So I've done a couple marathons. Nice. I actually just had knee surgery a few months ago, Ooh. so I'm not back to running yet. But I am going to go awesome. down to the beach uh, after Christmas, and I'm planning on starting my running back up on the beach. That's awesome. Well said. That's cool. Yeah. Um, if you weren't afraid, is there anything you would do? Um, I, I would probably try skydiving. Um, oh. like there's some daredevilly kind of things that I think if I was younger, I would do. And I'm almost, you know, almost an empty nester. Not yeah. that I want to risk my life more now, and, but my wife actually went skydiving. Okay. And, and so she tells the story of doing that. And I'm like, that actually seems kind of cool, uh, but I'm, I'm actually kind of afraid of heights. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Most yeah. are. That's a common yeah. answer. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, we've had 52 ish, 53 shows. Yeah. Um, that's probably the sixth or eighth time. Oh. So that's a common answer. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, last one. When it's all said and done, what do you want to be remembered for? Uh, I want to be remembered for being an awesome husband, mm. a great dad, mm. a faithful Christian, mm. uh, and an encourager of people. Man, well, 
that's a that's a good summary, man. It's a life well lived. Yeah, it's a life well lived. Where can people follow along on your journey if they wanted to, to uh, well, check out well, or buy some purple gear? Yeah. Purpleguys.com is all the work stuff. Uh, I've got a LinkedIn page, and it's actually slash purple guy because of course. Duh, it's got to say that. <laughs> Uh, that wasn't taken. I'm surprised. Yeah, it, it was not. <laughs> uh, and purpleguys.com was not taken, which, hey, it's, it's been awesome. Uh, we, we own a lot of flavors of the Purple Guys thing. But yeah, purpleguys.com, find, find me there, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and again, if, it, and really, we did this at the start of the pandemic, and it's kind of how we're wired. If we can help, we want to help. We put a bunch of free resources together when people were trying to figure out how did we do this work from home thing. We sent them out, we talked to people. Uh, we just want to help. And again, I think small business truly is the engine that drives this entire oh. country. Uh, I think the entrepreneurial spirit is what built this country. Anything we can do to help support that and support folks, uh, feel free to reach out. Uh, and again, I'm, I am fascinated by the business of business. So even if it's not a technical issue, I love to talk business. John, what a what a gift, man. Thank you for your time. Thanks oh, for making thanks for having making me. the effort to get up to Liberty, man. This is great. It was totally great. appreciate it. And we'll link to uh, all those in the show notes and um and hopefully um yeah, we'll 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 get to do this again real soon. Yeah. It's awesome. Thanks. Appreciate John. it. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening. Your attention is super valuable, so thank you for giving it to us. If you're a fan of the show, please go rate and review us wherever you're listening to this. I would really appreciate it. Until next time, when we get to share another great conversation with you, have a great week and let your life tell a meaningful story.